today's scripture lesson comes to us from Ruth 1, 3 through 18. It can be found on page 211 in your pew Bible. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite women's, the name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other Ruth. When they have lived there about ten years, both Malon and Chilion also died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Then she started to return with her daughters-in-law from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had considered his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she had been living, she and her two daughter-in-laws, daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to go back to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the deed dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find security, each of you, in the house of your husband. Then she kissed them, and they wept aloud. They said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way. For I am too old to have a husband, even if I thought there was hope for me, even if I should have a husband tonight and bear sons. Would you then wait until they were grown? Would you then refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, it has been far more bitter for me than for you, because the hand of the Lord has turned against me. Then they wept aloud again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. So she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die. There I will be buried. May the Lord do thus, and so to me, and more as well, if even death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Vicki. Good morning, church. My name is Rob Lau. I am one of the pastors here at Ebenezer, and I would like to add uh, and echo Pastor Mark's greeting, particularly to our our moms today. Happy Mother's Day uh, to you. I am uh, tremendously grateful for the women in my life, and especially grateful today for the tremendous sacrifices that mothers make. And we find ourselves here in the midst of a leadership series. It's based on the idea that comes to us from Jesus Christ. Jesus modeled a new form of leadership for the world. Leadership is not about lording over others. Jesus taught us that if we want to be good leaders, we must be good servants. To serve is to lead, and if you lead, you are a servant. Jesus taught us that. And I think that for most of us, the first leader we ever followed was our mom. So I wanted to spend some time this morning on this special day talking about some of the leadership lessons mothers taught us. 
So we'll spend a few moments talking about some leadership lessons mom taught us. There's an opportunity to take notes on the back of your bulletin if you're inclined to do so. After that, we're going to, going to look at a video uh, that it was made with a mom here in our church at Ebenezer. And then we're going to follow up with, with a blessing of the many moms and the women in our lives. So that's our, our format for today. Some lessons that mom taught us about leadership. How about this for lesson one? Leadership demands action. Can't you hear moms all over the world telling their children, you can't just sit there and whine about something? Did your mom say those kinds of things to you? Mine said those things to me. Sometimes she still does. Get up and make a difference. Thanks be to God for mothers who refuse to raise children that think complaining is the same thing as acting. Amen? I spent two years living in Columbia, South Carolina when I was in middle school. Now, thanks to Uncle Sam, I got to visit the Middle East four times in my military career. And I've never, ever in my life been anywhere hotter than Columbia, South Carolina. I can tell you that's the truth, church. So I was there eighth grade into my freshman year. And I was uh, was going to, to youth group at our little church. And I told my mom one day, I said, I don't want to go to youth group anymore. And she said, why? Because I was the kind of kid who loved church. She said, why? I said, well... There's only 10 kids there. It's not that much fun. And my mother looked at me and said, what are you going to do about it? So I sat down with my youth director. And it turns out the church had some buses. And we, li- we lived in a, a fairly large neighborhood. So we'd send out those buses half an hour before youth started. Within two weeks of beginning that practice, we went from having 10 kids a week in youth group to having 70 kids a week in youth group. All because my mom looked at me and said, what are you going to do about it? One of the great lessons of leadership is that leadership demands action. And one of the great teachers that leadership demands action in our lives have been our mothers. A second lesson that mom teaches us about leadership is that leaders pour themselves into people. Leaders pour themselves into people. I don't even know if I need to illustrate this, but I get paid to do it. So here we go. Most of us see moms do this kind of thing over and over again, just pouring themselves over and over again into their children. And we might ask the question, why do moms pour themselves out for their children? And the answer, of course, is love. But the deeper question is, why is it that love requires us to pour so much of ourselves into others? And of course, the answer to that question is this. Because there will be no more fruitful endeavor in our lives than investing in the people around us. Moms teach us this, but so too did our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Jesus spent his ministry career with 12 people. Primarily spending time with 12 people. He wasn't trying to implement management strategy or organizational development. He knew in time the church would figure that out. What Jesus did was he poured himself into people Leaders pour themselves into people, and moms do it all the time. A third lesson of leadership we learn from our mothers is that leaders plant seeds of success. When I was a child, my mother, both my parents, but especially my mother, would tell me that I was a leader. She said it over and over and over again, and I hated it because I didn't want to be a leader. I wanted to be a professional basketball player. Unfortunately, I wasn't very good at basketball, though I'm still holding out hope that maybe I'll be the oldest draftee in NBA history. You'll know if that happens because you won't see me for two weeks. I figure that's about how long it'll take them to cut me. 
I wanted to be a professional basketball player. My mom kept saying, you're a leader, you're a leader, you're a leader. And in time, the amazing thing that happened was I started to believe her. I'm not talking about parents who pressure their children by telling them they have to be the best at everything they do. That's unrealistic. I'm talking about leaders who give those they lead permission to be more than they dreamed they could be. A leader plants those seeds. There's a German philosopher by the name of Wolfgang Goethe. And here's what he said. He said, we should treat people as if they were what they ought to be. And we help them to become what they are capable of being. Treat people as if they were what they ought to be and you help them become what they are capable of being. Leaders plant seeds of success. Maybe one of the most important lessons that moms and leaders teach us is this fourth one. Leaders provide strength and hope in dark times. In the most famous scene in the book of Ruth, Ruth says to Naomi, where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Naomi had just lost everything. She'd lost her husband. She'd lost her children. She'd lost her security. It was the darkest moment of Naomi's life. And Ruth's words were words of tremendous strength and comfort. Hope. She said, I don't know what the future holds, but I know we will face it together. My mother was a straight-A student all through school. Very intelligent woman. She was offered a scholarship. She grew up in southern Indiana. She was offered a scholarship to matriculate at college in Indianapolis. Um, but in her senior year of high school, tragedy struck her family. My uncle Jackie was diagnosed with a malignant brain tumor. They, of course, did everything that they could that Jackie eventually succumbed to the cancer. My grandmother was a woman of tremendous faith to the day that she drew her last breath. But she was broken when her little boy died. There are some moms in here who know that feeling of loss. And so my mother decided to turn down her scholarship, not because anybody ever asked her to, she decided to turn down her scholarship and, and stay at home to keep her family together. Why? Because good leaders sacrifice in difficult times. Good leaders help provide strength and hope in those dark moments. My goodness, I hope that someday <laughs> I am the kind of leader that my mother modeled for me. A fifth leadership characteristic that moms teach us is that leaders maintain perspective. In our lives, we can often confuse the urgent and the important. We can confuse the urgent and the important. The urgent is the thing that's happening now. The important is the thing which must happen. We can confuse these two. Now, many mothers are very good at accomplishing both the urgent and the important, but when only one is possible... Good leaders choose to accomplish that which is important over that which is urgent. Perhaps you'll remember the story of Mary and Martha. Jesus came to their home one day, and Martha, once Jesus came in, Martha got up and went into the kitchen and started to prepare lunch. Mary sat down at Jesus' feet. In a matter of time, Martha came in and said, Jesus, why don't you tell my sister Mary to come help me in the kitchen? 
And Jesus said, Martha, Mary has chosen the better road, the better path, the better part. Making lunch was urgent. Sitting at the feet of Jesus is important. Mothers seem somehow to be gifted at accomplishing the important even in the midst of the urgent. Moms are some of the best leaders they know, that we know. And they've taught us some truly remarkable leadership skills. So we took some time to sit down with a mother from our congregation. Her name is Ashley Ryman, and she's actually in this service today. She's sitting right back here. And I imagine that she's a little nervous about seeing herself on video. I am all the time, uh, but... But I'm grateful that Ashley was willing to take this. A couple of things you need to know. Ashley is a mother of three. She's married to a Marine. She is one of the sweetest people you're ever going to meet on this planet. That's just the truth. Also, when our team showed up to do the interview, Pastor Mark and our tech team showed up to do this interview, their dog Hillary was having none of it. Uh, Hillary did not appreciate the presence of this team in her house. And the only way that that dog was going to let us film Ashley was if she could sit on her mama's lap. And so I'm delighted to share with you a a wonderful mom from our congregation, Ashley Reinman and her pup, Hillary. Check this out. I do a lot with my daughter's scout troop. It's called the American Heritage Girls. And through them, I've had to seek different organizations to um, become involved with for them to do community service because it's a lot of community service in that scout troop. Um, So through that, I researched the area um, that we're currently in, and I found Stafford Food Security, which is my absolute favorite, and um, we have done food packing events with them is how I got started. And then I emailed them and said I really wanted to get more involved. And so now I make food deliveries for them. And I also, last summer was their first summer, I believe, doing the Power Scholars program and feeding the children through that. And Together We Rise, you raise money for a fundraiser to purchase duffel bags and these duffel bags, you take them, you decorate them, and then you stuff them with like blankets, hygiene kits, coloring books, and other like essentials for children in foster care. And I deliver them to um, local agencies. So when kids come into foster care, um, sometimes they don't have anything but a trash bag with their clothing. So now they receive a duffel bag and they can put all their belongings in that. So I was really drawn to that because it was helping kids in needs as well. Um, I've also served at a quiet table a couple of times and I like that organization a lot. I brought my children there so they could help serve meals or work with their, um, Fresh produce. Um, I've also worked through your organization in a soup kitchen. That was actually one of our date nights. Um, my husband and I went and we volunteered through that. So mostly I wanted to find organizations that my children could have those experiences alongside of me because it's the only way that 
they're going to actually learn and understand people's needs. So you can read stories to your kids or um, talk about all you want, but they're really not going to fully understand unless they're really immersed into that experience. My faith is definitely the key factor as to why I serve. Um, I feel like it's always been a calling of mine ever since I was a small child. I've always wanted to get involved. And one day I was actually on a run and there is this giant and I was like saying to God, like, what am I supposed to be doing? Like, where am I supposed to be? And then I turned the corner down Eustace Road and there was that giant no hunger sign. And I was like, okay, you just like want to slap me in the face with it. Like, you know, so then I kept running and then I passed the church and I was like, oh, that's where Ebenezer is. And I had heard about the church through many people. You grew up, your dad's a Marine. You traveled, obviously, uh, your dad, what, 26 years? Is that right? And then you've been married to a Marine for the last 12 years, which means uh, at times, especially with three children, uh, there are times when you're somewhat of a single mom, but I want to ask a question. What have you learned in general, uh, about life in general, rather, from being the spouse of a Marine? You have to learn to adapt quickly to new situations, for sure. And your community is your family. So you're not going to just want to sit back and just wait for things to happen because it's not going to happen. Like You have to seek things on your own and create your own opportunities no matter where you go. And some people I know don't like the moving and moving is hard and adjusting to new communities is really difficult, especially when you've established something over time somewhere else. Um, but at the same time, I think it has to be seen as an opportunity to spread God's love to more people. So in a way, it kind of makes it a little bit more special that you get to touch even more lives over time. You were going through life as a mom, and then one day you kind of started asking yourself these questions. Can you walk me through just really quickly, what were the three questions you asked about that moment, right? You asked in that moment, and then uh, what was your response to those three questions? Yeah, um, so being a mom is fantastic. I am very fortunate to be a stay-at-home mom, Um, but I did feel at times that, you know, I wasn't, really reaching my full potential. And then I was like, you know, what's going to make me happy? Because I feel like we spend a lot of time all day long as stay-at-home moms, like trying to make everyone around us happy and stay organized for everybody else except for ourselves. My purpose is to serve others and to feed the hungry and to work with children. Um, I've always worked with children my whole life. Um, and it was just, how do I combine the two? Um, so that's when I went seeking for opportunities in those areas that would fill my need. Um, also my second question was like, what do I like want to accomplish? Like, what are my goals in life? Um, as a person, like, I feel like everyone needs that fulfillment. Um, so I really wanted to further my education. So um, I applied to different schools, and I got into a graduate program through Liberty University. Um, so then I actually graduate this spring with my master's in the art of teaching. So my third question was, um, what was the one thing above all that I wanted my children to learn from me? Um, 
And I wanted them to learn that serving others is a lifestyle. It's so important because we're shaping their lives. And I think it's great that we stay at home, but I also think it's great for them to see that you can have dreams no matter what situations you're in and that to never give up on those dreams or goals and also to above all like serve God because that's our purpose in life. Like we're all given talents and we're all born like with these amazing gifts that God gives us. And I feel like it's our job to go out and share those gifts with the world. Just having them serve right alongside me. Um, even my daughter, Alexis, she's two and she goes on majority of my school deliveries with me and she'll help push the cart in sometimes and she likes to ring the doorbell to the school and she's right there. And there's something that we can always do even if our children are there. And it's so important for them to have that hands-on learning experience. Ashley, thanks for your time. It's wonderful. We appreciate it. Ashley Ryman, everybody. She's a mom, a stay-at-home mom who's anything but staying at home. <laughs> uh, moms teach us so much about leadership. And oftentimes, mom teach, moms teach us about leadership to the exclusion of meeting their own needs. And so I want to spend just these last couple of moments talking to moms about the importance of striving to, to meet your, your own needs in life. Because Ashley was right, you spend a lot of time trying to meet everybody else's needs. So we're going to talk through that just a, just a moment. And one of the things I thought was just perfect in there was the, these three questions that Ashley asked of herself. Because she's going through life and she's, she's doing a great job as a, a wife, a, a mother. She's making a difference in the world already and, and yet found herself engaged with these three questions. And the first question she asked is, what would make me feel happy or fulfilled? And her answer to that question was, serving other people would help me feel happy or fulfilled. And I, I love that she just came out and named it. That there are just some things that moms can spend their, their whole days trying to make everybody else feel happy. But asking the question, what's going to help bring me fulfillment is an important, important question. Sometimes I think moms feel guilty asking themselves questions like this. Mom guilt is a thing, y'all. It really, really is. Mom guilt is a thing. And I want to just talk about that for a moment. Most of the women I know who are moms believe the most important thing they're ever going to do is be a mom. And I agree with that. That's fantastic. And I feel that same way about being a father. And it's great. However, just because being a parent is important, it doesn't mean there aren't other areas in which God is calling me to experience fulfillment as well. And oftentimes, giving ourselves permission to find that happiness and fulfillment makes us better parents, spouses, friends, and disciples. So ladies, here's my first question to you, stolen from my friend Ashley. What is it that makes you feel happy and fulfilled? Her second question is, what are my goals? In addition to being a loving, loving wife and a wonderful mother, Ashley wanted to continue her education. I'm very pleased to announce to you this morning that just yesterday, Ashley was awarded her master's degree in the art of education. Congratulations. (laughs) 
And uh, also kind of hot off the presses, uh, next year she will be the new art teacher at Winding Creek Elementary School. So wouldn't you love to have your, her as your art teacher, right? Here's one of the things we didn't talk about in the video, but I know is true. It took her four years to get her master's degree, and here's why. Because as she was matriculating through this program, she had a baby, their family moved, and her husband went on a deployment. My point is to say this, we set goals for ourselves, we may not reach them immediately, but I believe it's important for us to have those kinds of goals for ourselves. It might take a while, but today is a really good day to start asking the question, what is my goal for the future? I'm struck by the strength of the women in our community, I'm struck by the strength of the women in my life. We have a woman in our congregation whose name is Allison. She serves on our governing board here at Ebenezer Church. She's a retired brigadier general in the United States Air Force. She served um, in a wonderful capacity as an undersecretary for the Veterans Administration after her retirement from the Air Force. And when she was finally done, she said, what is it that's going to make me happy? And her her answer was, I'm going to go to seminary. So now she's getting her Master's Degree of of Divinity at Wesley Theological Seminary. No matter what our pasts have looked like, it's important that we have goals for the future. So ladies, what is that dream that you have? Ashley's final question was, what one thing do I want my children to learn from me? My goodness, what an important question. Her answer was that she wanted her children to learn the importance of serving others. So Ashley didn't just start serving. She took her children and her husband even with her. Date night at the soup kitchen. What do you think about that? Moms, you taught us so much about how to be good leaders. You taught us that we need to act. You taught us to pour into people. You taught us how to be strong and filled with hope in difficult moments. Thank you. You've given us so much. Please do not forget that God wants you to feel fulfilled. That God's call on your life is that you also experience deep purpose. God bless the ladies of our lives who have put on a clinic in love and in leadership. And we don't just want to say thank you, we want to show our appreciation to you today. Two ways that we're doing that here at Ebenezer Church. The first is, as you go forth from this place, we want to let you know that uh, we've got some some gifts for the ladies in the room today, some swanky little bracelets uh, that you can have, and I want to encourage you to, to grab them. And then when you see other ladies in the community with the bracelet, you can walk up to them and say, hey, nice bracelet, do you go to Ebenezer? And if they say yes, you can say, so do I. And if they say no, you should say, well, you should come check it out. They gave me the swanky bracelet, right? <laughs> So who, who, is, uh, who should be getting these bracelets? Well, of course, moms, but not just women who are biological mothers. Uh, we've got the bracelets, enough bracelets for every, every woman of any age. And you might say, oh, you're just trying to be nice. And I, I like being nice, but that's not why we're giving bracelets to every woman in here. We're giving bracelets to every woman in here because of a theological conviction we have at Ebenezer Church. And it's this. Every so often we do baptisms here at Ebenezer. And when we do those baptisms, those children join a new family, the family of Christ. Through the waters of our baptism, every woman in this room becomes a mother to those children. And so I want to invite all the ladies in our congregation to grab one of those bracelets as you go out. A second gift that we have for the women in our church today 
is that tonight the choir from High Point University is going to be here at Ebenezer Church at our 6 o'clock service. They're going to have the whole hour to perform, and they are outstanding. We thought it would be one fun way to celebrate our, our moms by having this wonderful uh, group of musicians come and perform to us. Of course, it's free of charge. We invite you to come. Bring your moms. Bring your friends. Come and enjoy this wonderful concert. Moms, thank you. Ladies, thank you for the lessons you teach us about love and leadership. Would you pray with me? Oh, holy God, you are the one who has given every good gift in our lives, including the gift of the ladies who mean so much to all of us. We give you thanks for their strength, for their love, for the way they help teach us to lead. And we ask, O holy God, that not only would you bless these women who have blessed us, but also, O God, that you would help them take the moment to ask what it is that would help them to feel even more fulfilled in their lives, to dream about what their goals might be for the future. Thank you, God, for your many, many blessings especially for the women and the moms who are with us today. We pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.